0: Hey, Shmazetz, You're listening to Listen, Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty and I'm Emily.
1: Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway Superfans. From Broadway Superfans. Welcome to January. All the shows 2016.
0: are closing. oh 2016. <laughs> 2016. Crazy.
1: That's crazy. I'm in uh, my 10th year in New York. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah.
0: That is exciting. Celebrate
1: 10 years in September.
0: Cool. Are you going to have a party and shit?
1: I really want to have a big party.
0: That's exciting.
1: I got to look into it and start saving. <laughs> Hmm. Well, yeah,
0: that's crazy. 10 years in New York. I realized the other day that this spring will be 10 years since I graduated high school, and I was like, whoa. Oh, are you going
1: to go to re- a reunion?
0: I, wanna, I don't know. I'm not really in contact with anyone from high school, so I don't know if there's anything going on.
1: Oh, right. And you're not really on Facebook anymore.
0: Right. I mean, I guess I could go on Facebook and message some people.
1: Yeah. I Weird. loved my 10-year reunion.
0: Yeah, I feel like I would like it. I'd, I'd enjoy going, I think. Mm.
1: I think where See you are I'm... right now, you'd really enjoy it, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curious what everybody did with their lives.
1: Mm. People are also really impressed when you say you live in New York City. <laughs> it's the simple things.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can just stroll up into that high school reunion and be like, I live in New York. That's all you need to know, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I would have a good time at my high school reunion. We'll see. We'll see if there is one.
1: Mm. Well, these are the shows that closed today. Oh. Slash yesterday when you're listening to this. Hand to God. Oh, I liked that play. Which, it's opening in the west end london yeah and i i thought because they were closing it on broadway and opening it in the west end that the cast was going with it but they're not oh i was
0: i think they're just closing cuz it's not selling well <laughs> Gotcha.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? When they announced those things at the same time, I, right. it, I yeah. was like, oh, they're I think, probably.
0: I think maybe they were trying to be like, hey, we're closing on Broadway because we're opening in the West End. And it's like, well, you're closing on Broadway because you had low ticket sales, but you're also opening on the West End, and that's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. A limited run tele is closing today.
0: Oh, have a great last show, Judith Light.
1: Yeah. Don't you mean Kieran Knightley?
0: Fuck you. <laughs> you know what? I like retweeted some of the, like like Playbill or roundabout or something like that. It was like last show, Keira Knightley starring in this play, and I was like, yeah, Judith fucking Lay, you guys. And I like was thinking about how I don't really understand what who who in what who's like Keira Knightley is going to sell more tickets. Than Judith Light. And is that true? Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, you're right. Kira Knightley sells more <laughs> tickets than Judith Light? You're a hundred percent wrong. I mean I just feel like because in
0: my world Judith Light is more important than Kira
1: Knightley. Well sure, but like you would go see it anyway.
0: But like isn't Kira Knightley is she like still famous
1: right now? I mean, it's not like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, but she was proposed to during the first preview. That's
0: true. She's pretty famous. She's pretty famous. Okay, okay. okay. I don't know, man. Uh. I'm out of touch, I
1: guess. (laughs) You just are living in your own world. I mean, like, Judith Light is on a hit TV show right now, too. Yeah, but hit TV show doesn't mean what it used to mean. That's true. It's all changing, Emily.
0: <laughs> I just love Judith Light I mean, and I don't understand why in every single tweet Roundabout is like Kira Knightley, Kira Knightley, Kira Knightley, and I'm like Judith Light. Well You don't even have to like not talk about Kira Knightley. Sure. You should talk about both Kira Knightley and Judith Light.
1: I mean, well, first of all it's because Roundabout are star fuckers. <laughs> That's and so second true. of all, uh we I don't know. I don't know, because the people that they're talking to do love Judith. Light more than Kira Knightley, right? You people are going to Playbill and reading all those articles who are just Kira Knightley fans.
0: This is but this is what I'm saying. So that's what I I'm understand. saying. It's about the audience. It seems like you're like we're going to do this thing on Broadway and we want to sell lots of tickets, so we're going to put Kira Knightley in so we can rope in all these people that don't know what they're seeing. No yeah. problemo. But then like. The people that you are of the community that you're selling it to, like the people in the theater community, I feel, are not going to go see that because of Kieran Knightley. They would go see it because it's Roundabout or because Judith Light is in it.
1: Yeah. I assume there's other people in it also. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Oh, Gabriel uh, Ebert is in it. Oh, I love him. Yeah, I know. I should have, I don't know. I just feel like Judith Light is a selling point to the
0: theater community, and I don't understand why they didn't capitalize on that at (laughs) all during the entire run of the play.
1: Well, I guess they assume that being the theater community, we already are up on what Judith Light is doing all the time. I mean,
0: they're not wrong.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I understand what you're saying. Advertising is complicated and awful and confusing that's true that's true that's true it's also understandable i don't know it's just an it's la <laughs> <laughs> judith light forever um you know it's not lasting forever the illusionists oh
0: cuz it's also magic. closing
1: on january 3rd Lord of the Dance, closing January 3rd. Those two are sort of like fake Broadway shows. Did you know that Lord of the Dance isn't even Equity? I did. I mean, because we've talked about it, but I'm sure that the people who are listening (laughs) haven't. I was just thinking about it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sort of makes sense because I don't know. I'm assuming the dancers have some sort of union, but it would be a different union. Right. I don't know. I don't think they are.
0: Hmm. Some of them come into the cafe, and I've been chatting them up, and
1: I don't know. Well, maybe maybe they have a union. I don't know if they're all Irish or if they're a mismatch from around no, the world. No, they're definitely not all, yeah.
0: The, the kid that I keep talking to is, like, an American who, hmm. and a young, young dancer in his, his 20s. Hmm.
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe dancers need to unionize then. Yeah! Strike, strike, strike,
0: strike.
1: <laughs> Sylvia's also closing, and I didn't see oh, it. Oh, you missed it. I feel bad, mostly because I sort of allowed everyone's apathy towards it to affect my mm-hmm. desire to mm-hmm. see it. Mm. And I should have seen it. I should have seen it and decided for myself. But it's really hard when you're like, oh, this seems good. And then everybody's like, it's fine. And you're like, oh, do I want to actually put energy and money towards seeing it? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough.
0: I mean, honestly, I think that... In our lifetime, there'll be other productions yeah. of Sylvia that we can go see—a regional production with a cool cast, or like yeah. who knows, it'll be revived in ten years with a better cast, or not a better cast, just not with Matthew Broderick.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> it's a bummer like, that that one person. Emily Ashford and it down. Julie
0: White and the other actor whose name I can't remember right now were all fantastic. Matthew Broderick was Matthew Broderick, so he ruined it all
1: <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> but
0: I mean, don't beat yourself up. You know, I never I, think I I hate I hate it when I feel bad or when other people feel bad for missing shows cuz that's life and it happens.
1: Right. I don't feel bad. I here's why I actually don't feel bad because you love that show so much and I was excited to see it with you and then because of scheduling I wasn't able to see it with you and then on top of that you didn't give it such a glowing review. So then yeah. is that the production I actually do want to see? Right.
0: Yeah, I think, especially since you don't know the play, it'll be better to wait. Yeah. Because having known the play, I was able to separate Matthew Broderick from the rest of it. I was like, Matthew Broderick, you don't count. Let's just focus on the good stuff.
1: Maybe (laughs) they'll all do it again, but not with Matthew Broderick. Hey, that'd be great. (laughs) Who would you cast in
0: that role? Mm. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Let me think about it. Let me think about it for a second. Okay. Okay, I got it. Okay, Norm Lewis.
1: (gasps) Oh, okay, Norm Lewis. I mean, I don't, I don't know the show, but I know he's sort of like a family man, patriarch, Mm. something, something. You know,
0: he's he, they're very upper west side in the mm. 90s. It's very upper west side 90s white people who work in like academia, um, whose children are grown mm-hmm. and are sort of like on Saturdays, we go over to the coffee shop over on 86th Street and then we go to the Barnes and Noble or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and then we have dinner at a French restaurant, you know, like whatever. But, yeah, I feel like Norma Lewis would be good. Who else might be good? You know, someday, not now, because he's way too young for it, but for some reason in my mind is popping Rory O'Malley. Oh. I think would be perfect in that role in, like, you know, 20 or 30 years. I could
1: see that. Rory O'Malley's not as young as we think he is. No offense, Rory O'Malley.
0: I just watched an episode of, uh, uh, uh oh, my God, what was I watching? Nurse Jackie, and he played a high schooler.
1: Oh yeah, isn't Nurse Jackie? Uh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, he played a high schooler,
0: or maybe a college student. I'm not sure. Definitely in some type of schooling because he like mm. came in and he was like, "I was at this thing," and like the college. I think maybe college or high school. Yeah. And this was like an episode of Nurse Jackie that aired maybe like two or three years I mean, ago. He's
1: thirty-five. What? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. God damn, girl.
0: I mean, I would have guessed that he was like. 30. Yeah. I guess it's hard, like, because a lot of the way I relate to figuring out people's ages is like, I'm like, he is like a little bit older than me. So he's probably this age, but I have to, I forget that I'm How older. Old you
1: are? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Because, like, yeah, if I remember the fact that I'm 28, then yeah, 35 for Rory O'Malley sounds about right.
1: I felt, I had like a, a situation in my brain when I was like realizing that I was older than all the like teen idols that I would have liked in high school like Zac Efron he's not that much younger than me but like when High School Musical was happening I was like I'm older than him <laughs> that, it was like very upsetting to me because then I felt for like a second like I can't be into that kid he's a kid mm. but he wasn't that much younger than me
0: how how much younger than you is he?
1: Uh, I'm going to... I think he's your age, actually. I think he's like 27. Oh.
0: Uh, huh. So what? how old were you when High School Musical came out?
1: Um, High School Musical came out... Oh, later than I thought. It came out 10 years ago. 2006. Oh. Huh. 10 years since well, high school Musical. yeah, because
0: in two, so he was, like, 18. Yeah. So I get that. I mean, yeah, like, I, I certainly understand that, you know, you're like, oh, I think that person's cute. God, are they over 18?
1: Yeah, he's 28, actually, <laughs> so. Um, hey, we're the same age. Yeah, woo-woo. Hey, buddy. <laughs> come back to Broadway. Zach Efron was never on Broadway.
0: Oh, well, come to Broadway, because he's great.
1: He could do Broadway, yeah. Especially if he did like a straight play comedy,
0: can he not sing? IRL, he,
1: you know, I I'm not, I can't really say no. He can. I don't know if he's strong enough to handle the eight days a week. Maybe he is now because right. they his voice in the first movie was doubled because it wasn't like written for him. But then when they had him for the second and the third movie, they wrote the songs to his voice, so he wasn't doubled in those movies. But he didn't do the tour. So I don't know. I think especially if he's working with a vocal coach, I think he could do mm. it. But he's just he's also just like a really funny comedic actor, so.
0: Mm. How
1: yeah. did how did we start talking about Zach
0: Efron? <laughs> I don't know.
1: He's, anyway, he's also closing with the kids. today. Mm, mm-hmm. Also closing today, Dames at Sea. Oh Mer. It sucks. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, you know, we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah. short, sucks.
1: Short run. I feel like they should have just announced a limited run. Me too. At the beginning. Yeah. But it's a small house, so I'm sure, you know, you don't want to lose any money, but I'm sure they didn't lose a ton of money. Hope so.
0: Yeah, it was a fun, I mean, I still, like, have positive feelings about seeing that show, even though I feel like when we sat down and talked of it, about it, we were so critical.
1: There's issues with it and it's important. I mean there's obviously <laughs> like
0: huge issues with the show and its problems. But I still have like positive memories.
1: Yeah. The performances I just were really good. Great.
0: great the tap dancing was and how fucking hilarious Leslie Margarita was. Leslie
1: Margarita.
0: Can we like do the spoiler alert now for the funniest moment in the show? Oh yeah.
1: Well there's like that gif we would talk it. about <gasps> Oh is there? Yeah. Oh wonderful. I'll find wonderful, it and send wonderful. it to you
0: oh my god the best moment in the entire fucking show was there was a line they're at the theater and somebody's like you're what was it like her name is spelled wrong on the marquee yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that and she's like what oh my god and then like walks off stage and the conversation between the other characters continues and then like 30 seconds later she just walks across the stage carrying a ladder <laughs> to go change the, her name on the t- like it was
1: uh, it stops of the, f- the show It completely
0: stopped the show. It was one of the funniest unwritten moments I have ever seen in live theater. It was great. Like, it's up there for me. It's up there with um, um, Kyle Dean Massey ripping his shirt open (gasps) at Lucky Guy.
1: Yes. Which wasn't even like, (laughs) that was an audience reaction.
0: Right, right, right. But they (laughs) turned it into such a good theater moment. Ugh
1: yeah yeah, yeah. But
0: seriously Leslie Margarita just brought the fucking house down without saying a goddamn word and it was just it was something it was like the look in her eyes she was just like so single-mindedly determined like no I will fix this and I will fix it now and I'll do it myself and I don't care if I'm wearing these fancy pants or this great outfit or my hair is done real well or I have nice lashes on I will get a goddamn ladder and I will climb up to that marquee and I will fix my name
1: yeah oh it's so funny it was brilliant ah <sighs> yeah, send me that gift shit. So those are all the shows that are closing today, but there are several more that are closing throughout January., mm. uh, maybe even some that haven't announced yet. <laughs> I don't I can't think of anything that's in immediate danger that might just throw in the towel. yeah I feel like I feel like shows have gotten a little better about like being like, all right. We're going to give it these next few weeks and that's it. Like Amazing Grace. I really thought when that announced closing, it was going to be like Amazing Grace. It's Tuesday and it's closing on Sunday. Hmm. But they announced, you know, I don't know, like three weeks ahead of time or something. And so then we got to see it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: I feel like that's a better way to go about it. Because then even though you wanted those people to come at the beginning and help keep the show open, you do allow those people who didn't get a chance to see it to come see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the behind-the-scenes negotiations are with how that works.
1: I'm sure it's just about money, but, like, it it also has to do with coming to terms with the fact that you're going to have to close the show sooner than you want to.
0: Right, right. Yeah, as opposed to letting it run until the moment where you're like, fuck, we have to close tomorrow.
1: Yeah. I really thought these... That last weekend was going to put us over the edge. Did you? Did you really think that? (laughs) That's
0: funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know.
1: Well, I didn't see any shows when I was in Wisconsin. Although, I'm really irritated because the Newsies tour is going there now. It's in Milwaukee. And I missed it by like a week and a half. Hummer. I know. Ugh. Aw, Newsies. I know. Wait, so is the Newsies tour coming around somewhere close to us in the next, like, six months? I don't know. Let me check again. Because it was, like, in Boston Uh, at some point. Like, in June, I think. Oh, nope. No, 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 that was last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, nope, I wasn't here.
1: no, right, right, right. Let's see. Let's see where the Newsies tour is headed. Oh, well, it's going to be in Appleton, Wisconsin, in February. Maybe I'll just go back. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be in Seattle in April. Oh. Um, No, it's going to be in Chicago in July, but I'm going to go back to Chicago for a wedding in June, so that's not helpful. Yeah, it's not really on the East Coast at all, but I guess that's where it was for the first leg, so that makes sense. Oh, well. I'm just going to go to Albuquerque. (laughs) Sure. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I wanted to see if it was going to be in Santa Fe, but it's not.
0: <laughs> oh, come on, guys.
1: Maybe it did on the first leg. I don't know. I would, that would be, if I had money, that would be like a weird thing that I would do. Oh, I'm totally like into that. if the that. Newsies tour was going to be in Santa Fe, I'd be like, I'm going to go see Newsies in Santa Fe.
0: Yes, I support that fully.
1: Oh, That's great. Maybe when I have money. That's great. I can just mount my own production in Santa Fe. Sure. Be like... Jack finally got here. (laughs) That's funny. But I did, so I didn't see any shows, but I will tell you, I did watch, with our good friend Nick, Nonsense, (gasps) the DVD of the televised uh, production with Rue McClanahan. Uh, How was it? It's pretty ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's very, like... Joke, 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 joke.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Should
1: I watch it? Yeah. It's delightful. I mean, and Terry White is in <gasps> it. What? Terry White? Yeah, she's fantastic. Nick tells this really charming story about when he met Terry White and was like, I love nonsense so much. Thank you so much for nonsense. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. <laughs>
1: what did she say? And she was like, Oh. <laughs> That's so cool. But, you know, she is great. He has this DVD set that has four on it. Nonsense, Nonsense 2, Nun's Cracker, or something like that. And another one, I can't remember, but Nonsense Nonsense Jamboree, I think. And as we were watching the first one, he was like, oh, yeah, the second one is exactly the same thing. (laughs) It's just, like, different songs, but it hits the same beats. Oh, my God, that's so So Terry White has, like a big gospel number at the end of both of them. Yes. What I think was super interesting is I was looking up casting, and it's it's not, I mean, we know that this is true, but that people cast what they see. In the original cast, Harry White's character was played by a white woman, and then in I was just looking up casting in other productions, and it was generally played by a white woman. And then after this DVD and television broadcast it 's now generally played by a black woman, ah
0: oh, god people that 's crazy I, I so, mean it's just like it 's just so evident of like how uncreative people are
1: it's very lazy, I mean, but thank God someone thought to cast Terry White right, in that right, role because right. a she 's amazing and b I mean it does have gospel numbers, so it makes more sense in general for a black woman to be playing that role, but really anyone could play any of those roles. Right. Uh, and also, why not make one of the other roles not a white person? There is an Asian woman who's cast Christina Christine Toy. Oh, um, but her character isn't specifically Asian either. Uh, interesting. I don't know. It was just, I, when I was looking up the history of the casts of that, at least the professional productions, I was like, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, fingers crossed, Beth Lovell.
1: Well, so... I guess the characters in the movie, uh, or in the TV show, are the same characters from all of the shows. Okay, so, so Beth Lovell has Lovell played um, Sister Robert, I believe. Um, she's, play- she's played that role in the show, and she that's the role she'll be playing in this TV pilot. Cool. <sighs> I love Beth Lovell. She's great. I can't wait. I really hope it gets picked up, especially after seeing this. I mean, it's it's like, I see why it gets done. I see why, like, my mom, I don't know if my mom's ever seen it, but I was, like, watching this being like, my mom would love this show. <laughs> Which isn't, I'm not, you know, putting down my mom's taste, but it's very, Rarrr. like, it's just easy, broad, fun humor. Right. Yeah. And nuns. Nuns are great. Yeah,
0: go nuns. <laughs>
1: You go, ladies. <laughs> okay. Now, for the big news oh, of the week. Let's dig in. What we were supposed to be doing today...
0: Goddamn.
1: ...was seeing Mother Courage. But our press tickets got pulled because it's not officially opening yet. Because... This is... Tanya Pinkins is a badass motherfucker.
0: Yeah, and she don't take no Shit. She stands up for herself and she says, fuck you, white man. I mean. Fuck you. Did you read both her statement and Brian, whatever his name is from
1: CFC? How's his last name pronounced? Kulik, I think. Kulik? I don't know. I'm not looking at it, but in my brain, that's what I remembered it as. I mean, it's just a bunch of like. You did read
0: both. You read his also. Yes. His was woof.
1: Well, I Oof. mean, again, what are you going to say to that except you're right? Exactly. You just say nothing, I think, but you have to put out a statement. Right. I don't know. Right.
0: Well, I just thought that his, uh, it was like one of those, it was one of those moments where she was like, hey, this is racist. And he was like, it's not racist. Let me explain why. And you're like, no, no. Please don't. You're making it a thousand times worse. Even if
1: Tanya Pinkins didn't feel this way and you put this show on and you had audience members of color see the show and said this was racist, you still have to listen to them.
0: Right. Well, like the thing that is so egregiously like white man about it is that like she's like, okay, basically what happens is. Mother Courage is like this play, like Shakespeare. You can put it anywhere and do anything with it, or that's how people treat it. And he was like, let's put it in in the Congo. And Tanya Pinkins was like, I mean, I don't know if this is exactly how it worked (laughs) or how the sequence of events went, but they got Tanya Pinkins on board. Tanya Pinkins thinking, like, cool, we're setting it in the Congo, and we're going to get into some issues. We're going to translate the themes of this play to the themes of this modern-day conflict or you know i yeah, yeah yeah i i don't remember what time period the play was supposed to be taking place in the congo um but then of course like a white guy and the american you know fetishizing he was like africa
1: it just well, place, takes place like, in africa right ignorance completely Which isn't an excuse but like when i if i ever get on jeopardy I know that one of the things I will study is Africa. Like, just the whole continent. Because I don't know African geography. I don't know... I know a lot of African countries. I don't know all of them. I don't know capitals. I don't know leaders. Right. You have to seek that out because it's not taught to us. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, well, the thing that struck me so much about his
0: statement was that he was like... I had this artistic vision for this piece that's it's just going to be like vi- you know we're just going to keep the play and make it like kind of like vaguely african sort of like how when i was in high school and we did the scottish play we just in costumes and set <laughs> we're like it's a civil war with right. like no explanation whatsoever that's sort of what right. he was doing he was like we're just gonna put some bright prints in there and like put some shrubbery on the bottom that looks like it's from africa or he was just like vague africa and tiny Pinkins was like that's racist and he was like no no no, it's my vision it's my artistic vision for vague africa i mean not that he was probably saying vague Africa but you know what I mean like he doesn't understand that his artistic vision is inherently racist
1: more universal but that's the issue is that Africa as a giant continent is not universal right
0: and that's like the idea that he's like the racist bullshit that he's doesn't understand why he's being racist yeah I read his statement and like wanted to vomit because it was just such a white man privileged bullshit being like no 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 black girl let me explain it to you i'm not being racist i just had this artistic vision and we had like his whole statement was like we had different visions and it was like you especially when you get into the portion where you find out that he called the character she was playing delusional and that that was his true vision for the character is turning her into a delusional like crazy woman that's fucked up
1: yeah, and I don't like that know completely the rewrites the entire. Like,
0: obviously, I yeah, I also don't know the show, but like from what I've read and what from from what Tanya had said about the piece itself, it's like changing it from a woman. It seems like the the direction of the play and the moral of the play is shows you know a woman and humanity in the most dire dire circumstance and showing that like the human spirit always survives and brian was like ah you know what this bitch is crazy fighting fighting against like all these things and like she's so delusional to continue in this so like that's the angle we're gonna take on it and you're like go fuck yourself like well, you literally took one of the like Britons, some old britain strong woman which like is relatively hard to come by and you were yeah. like let's destroy her and then well, you were like what i had a
1: vision If you're deciding to go that route with it and make it some sort of existential thing, don't do it on this, like, interpretation with Africans, I mean, because... Right. That's... You're adding a layer on there that whether you meant to or not exists.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's just like one of those dumbass fucking white people moments where, like, you know... Some white girls, like, I want to try out a new hairstyle. I'm going to (laughs) try cornrows. I'm I'm just trying, like, a new hairstyle, guys. It doesn't have anything to do with white supremacy. It doesn't have anything to do with cultural appropriation and 400 years of slavery. I'm just putting on cornrows. And you're like, fuck you. Everyone's complicit. Like, everyone is, you can't opt out. If you opt out, you have chosen the oppressor.
1: Well, I think what makes it so important that Tanya did this is because Tanya is able to do this. She's at a part, yeah. she's at a point in her career where she can choose what she wants to do. I also was really upset to read about how she felt about Rashida speaking. Oh, me it too, was me too. It very upsetting. I'm glad that she still feels that the play was an important work, and I'm so horrified that it was such a terrible experience for her in the similar way that this was me too but there are you know people coming up you know you don't feel like you can say no to opportunities like I don't know how the other people Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. show feel I would love to know that but as of right now the show's continuing and do they feel like they can speak up also or do they need to keep that job I can't really blame them right. for needing to keep yeah, that job. Tough. And whoever comes in now, there's, if that happens, which I don't know if it possibly can, but if someone comes in, I'm not, I'm not certainly not blaming Tanya, but like it's created a very uncomfortable situation for everyone involved. And you have to decide mm-hmm. it, what's mm-hmm. important to you.
0: Right. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It's that See, It's like that, that episode of Oh Master yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talking about you know auditioning for racist Indian roles, and it's like, well, I need a job, but this is really racist, and this is, yeah, it's a tough situation mm-hmm. to be in. I'm so I just fucking love Tiny Pinkins so much for not only always going with her gut, it's you know, and, like, standing up for herself, but also being open enough to fucking talk about it and not be shy about getting into the nitty-gritty details because I think a lot of the times in this community, even when there are serious issues, people often walk away and from productions about it yeah and don't talk about it people are not they're like we just had creative differences or something like that and i fucking respect tanya pinken so much for walking away from situations and telling all of the truth about it and being like i'm not i'm not here to protect anybody i'm not here to protect like not burn bridges fuck you why would i care about maintaining a relationship with a theater company that is yeah. completely fucking racist Like, from the productions I've seen at CSC and from what I know about the company and who works there, like, it's a fucking white fest. Everyone that works there is white. I know that. Like... And the productions they put on are white, and the uh, people that subscribe, are their subscribers are white, their audiences are white, and that's who they cater to. And that's what they're, they're still catering to an audience of old white people who want to go out and have a nice night at the theater and experience, like, oh, the, the production we saw was so interesting, <laughs> it
1: was set in Africa. Yeah. Well, Brian Kulick is like, the artistic director. Fuck that! Well, he's on his way out, though, oh, because right. John I Doyle's about- taking over. Oh, John Doyle.
0: <laughs> this is like his last season or his last—I really produ- don't know exactly bank. what it is, but yeah. And then it's
1: barf. I mean, marf their runs are so short, and this is such a huge piece. I don't know. I don't know who's or how they're going to continue. Yeah, I'm curious. I
0: mean, like from being around CSC a fair amount the last couple of years, like I—I I mean. Some of their productions sell really well when they can hook a celeb in there, but also the times when they hook a celeb and people come and see it, it's also like their worst shit. You know, like what they did that play last year that uh had Peter uh Dinklage and Taylor Schilling and it um, wasn't great. And that was sort of unanimous from everyone I heard. Allegro, not
1: great. The ham wait, what was it yeah, Hamlet. That's Ethan th- Hawk.
0: That's was, uh, the, right, right. I was gonna say I was like, there's the one I other saw one that, that had like, I a thought really it was famous okay, person. But yeah, you know, I've never said, seen
1: Hamlet before. <laughs> like a full production of it. So Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: I just think I just I, I from my experiences seeing things at CSC, I just think it's like this weird little theater company that has no direction and doesn't is just like we're putting on plays for old people and we're trying to do things with it but like like somebody needs to get in there and overhaul that well, theater I mean, company I think or the shut problem it down
1: is that their their like mission or like what they're doing literally is these classic pieces and sometimes they go beyond mm. that scope but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You have to do something with them or present them in a way that isn't just the same old same old, but also isn't just doing something for something's sake. I don't know. Right. Well, I don't I don't think yeah. it's going to continue. I'm very what's gonna continue? very shocked what's if gonna, they get oh, it the together. The production, you think the Mother production's going to
0: completely cancel. Yeah.
1: I think so. I I I only
0: don't think that because their subscribers and their subscribers will come and see it and they'll be pissed about it and they'll be annoyed, but like the subscribers will come either way. And it would be so much more of a mess. Like that's the problem with subscriber systems is it's so much more of a mess for them to cancel the production than to just run it even if it's a piece of shit.
1: Oh yeah, like when Megan Mullally pulled out of that show for Roundabout.
0: But they canceled that.
1: Well, right. But then they had to scramble to find... Right. Sherry Renee Scott had to come right. to the rescue. Right,
0: right, right. Because they can't just cancel it and not have something there. Because then well, they would owe their subscribers a fuck ton of money.
1: That's and true. And, like,
0: at least... I mean, if I think... I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but it seems like if they at least put on the production and fulfill an obligation to subscribers to get them in to see a show, it's... More of like even to loss as opposed to like major loss.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Oy. It's a mess. It's a mess that they've created and now they have to try and clean it up.
0: Good luck. And I with hope
1: that. that they're learning from it. And I hope John Doyle is listening and paying attention. God.
0: I <laughs> wish I had the faith to even hope that.
1: Well, yeah, I certainly don't think, I'm saying I wish, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know John Doyle enough, except for in his direction of the two shows I've seen him direct. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one was uh, unnoticeable and one had issues. So That's funny. Um, I made I him know, a let's... tea once. Oh, at CSC? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Black, an English breakfast tea. Well, at least you don't have to work there anymore.
0: That's fucking true. Oh, my God. I can't imagine how awkward it would have been if I had been working there. So part of me was like, oh, I'm sad that I'm not working there because I could be seeing Tanya Pinkins every day and being like, hey, girl, what's up? Want a coffee? And you could be like, high
1: five, bitch.
0: Yeah, right? But I'm also kind of glad because, uh, yeah, I used to, like, interact and talk with the people that worked at the theater there every day. And Mm -hmm. they're all nice people for the most part. The people who work there, like they're nice, normal people that work at a theater company, but they're all white and they need perspective as a group. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Every perspective matters.
0: Yes. Black perspectives matters. Hashtag
1: Tanya Pinkins.
0: I mean, other way around.
1: All right, let's move on. <laughs> Why? Wait, what were you going to say? I, I really wasn't going to say anything. Oh, I just okay. was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> to some good news Ooh, on yeah. this this front. While we were away, they announced casting for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on the West oh, End. Yeah. And we have a black Hermione
0: Can I tell you that the most shocking thing to me, I mean, obviously I was like, holy shit, that's amazing that they cast a
1: black woman, but I was also Mm -hmm. like, what? They're all adults. I like forgot. I saw that cast and I was confused, especially because there's so many Harry Potter things going on. I thought it was for the movie that 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 harry potter world movie that's not about harry potter the newt scamander movie and i was like i don't what's happening (laughs) 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 who i just saw like your harry potter cast and i didn't put together that it was harry ron and hermione until much later when people were like this is awesome this is awesome black hermione and i was like wait what's happening i was like oh the play the play is also happening it's so strange (laughs) to like think you're done with all of this because the books and movies are over, and then mm. them be like J.K. Rowling, uh, there's more to come. Uh-huh. J.K., there's more to come. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: funny. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought it was like I also think it's really funny because you're like, fuck yeah,
1: Black Hermione, and then you're like, oh my god, Ginger Erasure. <laughs> no, she's not ginger. No, oh, of course, Ron Weasley's ginger. Yeah, but he's he's still ginger. I thought he wasn't ginger. Yeah, he's ginger. Are you sure? Yeah. But the
0: theater company tweeted something. They like tweeted a picture of the cast and they were like, "Here's our cast." And then they were like, "You know, like we just want to address the fact that so and so is a redhead at heart. Like don't be discouraged." They like made a great joke about it. Oh. They made a joke where cuz the obviously race people Harry were like, she, "She can't she can't be black." And and they were like, "It's okay, guys. It's okay. The actor that's playing Ron is a redhead at heart." And you were like, good joke, guys.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess he's not a ginger. Yeah,
0: yeah. My ginger roommate is very upset about ginger erasure. Well. (laughs) I just think it's funny.
1: (laughs) I'm sure they'll dye his hair. I mean, the thing. Yeah, they they better. Like there's, I don't know, whatever. People are dumb and I hate them. Well,
0: people are dumb and, and I also hate them.
1: Like, they get mad, racists get mad at uh, the Hunger Games for casting a black child as Rue when she is...
0: Uh, clearly described as black in the book.
1: Yes. And and then in Harry Potter, like, just ignore that. I ignored it. You should ignore it and cast a white person. No. And, like, sure, all of the representations of Hermione we've had up until this point are white. But, A, it doesn't matter even if she's described as white in the book. And B, she isn't like explicitly described as white,
0: right? People just assume whiteness,
1: um, yeah. Because she's maybe, isn't she
0: just described as like having crazy, insane hair?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is a little racist in itself if she's black, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think but the they only a, person, they did a
0: good job with her like Jewy fro in that in the first one or two movies. Yeah,
1: and then it got like. We can't make Emma Watson look bad. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the Don't only worry, person she does that all on her own with her eyebrows. Mm, explicitly, uh, like, of a specific race is Cho Chang. Yeah. And even, like, the characters who in the book and then in the movie are black, like Dean, it's still not super, super explicit in the book. They're like... Right. I think described as, like, having darker skin or something like that. So they could be, you know, just tan. Here's (laughs) my question that I never thought about until right now. Yeah. I guess the Patil twins. What year (laughs) is Harry Potter taking place? 1997 is the first book. Oh. It hasn't actually, like, in the books there's one date That Oh, no, not 1997. That's the... I'm sorry. That's when it first came out. 1991 is the first book. Because there's no... The only date in that is in the second book. It's... They're celebrating uh, Nearly Headless Nick's um, 500th death day. And he died in 1492. So that means that the book was happening in 1992.
0: Okay, that's interesting. That's so funny because i was like all of a sudden i was like
1: why don't they have cell phones yeah but that's the only date that's in there and there's some wonky things in there that she wasn't really thinking about like they mention a playstation and if that actually was the year that it took place playstation didn't exist yet
0: right girl well whatever it's like yeah, magic i know, times. I it, know. Can invi- it can exist in a different universe that is basically earth or a different i dimension. mean magic yeah <laughs> anyway stop being racist everybody this casting is great fucking news it's cool this is exactly what we're talking about just like fucking cast great actors in parts yeah absolutely and give more parts to black people
1: yeah Boom. there's plenty to go around too many even mm-hmm. for white people Come on. so come on just calm yourselves God. think about what that means that you're like concerned about that
0: fucking white people fuck you Fuck you and your I don't know how to... I can't relate to this character because they don't look like me. Fuck you.
1: You can't. Well, I mean, I'm even more upset that it's in London now, but... And it's, like, totally sold out, so whatever.
0: Oh, it's like... Is it a limited run? <laughs>
1: uh, Probably, or... Um, I think damn, general, seems like something
0: that could be open-ended.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think in general... British shows start out as limited runs because they right. don't do as much. There's only like one or two shows and if they run for a long time they literally run for like 50 years. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, cuz Phantom's on its 30th, I think, right? Oh,
0: Phantom. Get out. But here.
1: like it's not like here where there's Phantom and then there's also Wicked, which is long running, right, right, you know. Right. Blood Brothers ran for a long time, but it had a couple of, like, stops and starts along the way. Closed right. a production and then reopened it and so on and so forth. <sighs> I don't know. Blood Brothers. I love Blood Brothers. I love Brothers. Blood Brothers, too. Revive it.
0: Yes, please.
1: Well, we have other casting news for the Secret Garden concert that we can't see because all the cheap tickets, by cheap I mean not cheap, are uh... gone.
0: Somebody take um, us for free, please. Yeah, I know. These
1: one night only concerts, they won't give us tickets to it for some I reason. Know.
0: We're, not, we're not hip enough to get yeah. that free ticket to the we're one like night only We're like a
1: third concert. tier press. <laughs> well, but everyone's dream came true, and Daisy Egan is going to play Martha. Fucking perfect. So exciting.
0: Wait, which character is Martha? Is that who Allison Frazier played? Yes. Amazing Mm mm-hmm very exciting
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: everybody enjoy that bootleg it for me
1: yeah sierra Boggus is going to be lily and ramin karamloo is her uncle archibald craven and cheyenne jackson is her dad neville craven Uh, and they're going to sing a duet lily's eyes and it's going to be beautiful who
0: did they cast in the racist indian part
1: uh, I don't think it's listed here
0: curious
1: because I don't know if they've cast like the full ensemble' Cause I think right, the well, aya bye. I think the aya is ensemble. That so I think they can manage sense. to cast one Indian person in the ensemble.
0: God, I fucking hope
1: so.
0: <laughs> I mean, they really. I mean, I, I've only the only production of um, Secret Garden ever seen was when I was working at Stage Door.
1: Sure. Um,
0: so it was a full white production, also yeah. like full t- child production. Um, there was <laughs> a, it was a lot to have happening. I'm sure. And I was like, holy fucking shit! This is insanely racist because I can't imagine that this show is very uh, is cast often enough with a Indian ensemble because there's just like from my memory there's like a whole scene with like a flashback or something that like all takes place in India India and like the ensemble is like playing you know is doing ensemble parts in that scene from what I remember yeah but that could have also just been the direction of the production that I saw but there is definitely one character Oof, yeah, and, awesome, and I have I It's haven't just like seen a it, super so. racist writing of that character because it's just like, I'm a mystical Indian person with wisdom and
1: spirits. Aren't they, though? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I'm sorry. You're racist. No, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, again, one of those situations where when the book was written, it wasn't meant... It was, like, probably meant to be, like complimentary, but that doesn't help now. Right. So what do you do about it? Right. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Well,
0: we'll we can't fucking
1: see it anyway. Well, so. yeah, no kidding. Maybe it'll lead to a revival. Mm. Um Also, Ben Platt is going to be Dickin. Who's Martha's right. brother. So that's going to be good. Cool. I can't wait to listen to it. I'm not sure how I'll be able to, though. Also, back to the UK, Grey Gardens is having its European premiere. Where in Europe? In London. It's just being oh, called oh, oh, its oh, European gosh. premiere.
0: Because <laughs> it hasn't been anywhere else
1: in Europe. <laughs> right, right. Um, starring Jenna Russell as Little Edie in the second act and Big Edie in the first act, in Sheila Hancock, who I don't know, as Big Edie. Huh, cool. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how it will be received, like not even the production or the show itself, but just like, what do you think about it?
0: Right. Yeah, I'm curious. I love that show. And I wonder
1: if, like, the documentary is is a thing. Like,
0: do people know about it. it.
1: I don't know. If any of you are listening and you're from England, let us know.
0: Yeah, let us know what your cultural awareness of Great Gardens is. Also, the other day I applied for my very first ever credit card because I <gasps> decided that that's the only way that I'm going to be able to go to L.A. to see Rachel York Great Gardens if I open a credit card and buy a plane ticket that way.
1: Mm. Then that's not bad because you can pay that off. It's not a huge... Right. Especially if you, like, do that and then don't use it.
0: Right. That's, like, the only reason I'm opening that card for yeah. is to buy a uh, airfare to Los Angeles. Cool. I I, that's my that's my goal this year is to see Rachel York Grey Gardens it'll be very full circle and I love Grey Gardens and I love Rachel York and I want to oh my god you know what I'm just excited about in general what disaster I feel (gasps) like Seth Rudetsky tweets about it obviously like every day and every Mm -hmm. time I see his tweets about it I just get so excited I remember that it's happening and I'm just so happy
1: I'm very excited about it.
0: I, like, basically think I want me to go to First Preview. Mmm. Because I just love it so much. And I want to be there at First Preview.
1: I mean, I would be on board for that, you know. Let's fucking do it. Let's go Schedules to First Preview. permitting, yeah. Absolutely. We also have some updates on the Hudson Theater. There's <gasps> going to be... Uh, we have a seat count... So it's going to have about 950 seats. Apparently when it was first a big house, it had 1,050 seats.
0: Mm.
1: So they're losing like 100 seats. But it's going to be bigger than than what it holds now. But here's the other weird thing, and I don't really know what it means, but there's going to be a private British-style theater club upstairs. There's like an apartment that that used to be up there. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Again, British listeners, if you exist, tell us what that means. I don't know what it means when it says private, like you have to pay to be a member because that's dumb.
0: I'm confused. I'm confused. I want to go there. I want to know what it's
1: all about. I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, But that's not going to be right away because that's like in their many year. I think they're going to open the theater as a theater first and then do whatever they're going to do to it. Mm. Isn't that weird?
0: I'm, I'm very, 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 very cute. At
1: first, I was like reading it and I was like, oh, it's going to be another like like 54 Below or something. And I was like, right. good luck with that, guys. Um, <laughs> but then it says private, so I don't know what that means. What does that mean? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. We'll find out. Guess so. Shut up, Weird.
0: I hope it's like that, that Ziegfeld party on the rooftop.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Pretty ladies. I hope it's like that.
1: (laughs) Pretty ladies. I'd be down for that. Carolee, 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 Carolee,
0: update. Congratulations, Broadway debut, to Carolee Carmelo's dressing room chair. Just brava, brava, chair. Carolee Carmelo's dressing room chair. Amazing. She's owned for over 30 years. She says, "Made its Broadway debut because one of the chairs in the in the show broke, and they needed an emergency chair replacement, and her chair was up to
1: the task. Yeah, it it had the right type. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> it fit the costumes. It's all,
0: it's all ornate and pretty looking. Yeah, so so great. Oh,
1: That's so how dedicated Carly Carmelo is. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep period specific furniture in my dressing room in case." We ever need to replace something. <laughs> also, I just love that
0: this is this is a chair that she said she's owned this chair for 30 years. Do you think she's taken it to
1: every show? I guess she has. Uh, I she wish must she must bring told it in. she'll be like for the chair. last
0: 30 years, she's been like this is my dressing room chair.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
0: That's great. I love shit like that.
1: Do you think that chair also, will ever Carmella be Also, Carmella
0: has a Barbie that looks like her. Oh yeah, you, you just say?
1: sent me that Instagram and I can't wait to watch it.
0: Oh my god, it's it's just Makes me love her a thousand times more than mm. I already do, which is hard because I love her a lot.
1: You love her what were you so say much. About the chair? Oh, I was just wondering if you think it will ever be like auctioned off at Broadway Cares <gasps> someday? Like after she's retired from doing, you know, like theater, but not shows. Like you know, I feel like she's going to be doing concerts forever, but maybe mm. there'll come a time where she's like, I have to retire. No, I, I. I think that Lee will keep working up until the day she dies. I hope so. Because
0: she also doesn't, like, she does concert work, but she also continually
1: states how much she doesn't like concert I work. thought it was, like, that she just doesn't like cabaret.
0: Well, I think the specifics of it is that she... Is, feels most comfortable on stage when she's playing a character mm. so when people are like come to do this concert and sing this song she's like okay great I'll be wearing this ball gown but I'm playing this character right, 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 in this song and what she doesn't so like I think those situations are maybe she has less of a problem with but she seems to be extremely uncomfortable with the idea of standing on stage singing songs as Carolee Carmelo just singing songs yeah So, like, I feel like she would, I feel like it's more likely that in, when she's, like, in her 70s or her 80s or something like that, that she would be doing, like, you know, straight plays or, like, just continuing to do any kind of theater. Mm, And then, obviously, still doing concert work. But she'll never quit, man. No, no, no. She loves it too much.
1: And we love her too much.
0: God, I love her so much.
1: Can't wait to watch.
0: Oh my god, it's great.
1: Now it's time for the Laura Bonanti tweet of the week. On December 31st at 4:21 p.m., Laura Bonanti tweeted, "Do you think people watching the ball drop in Times Square know they can watch it on TV in their house and their house has snacks and a toilet?" <laughs> what really Good sells one. it to me is that the toilet is a toilet emoji. <laughs> Good one, Laura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what is That's so crazy? That's funny because
0: my British friend, my friend Eva, who I worked with at Stage Doors in town this week, and when she got in the other day, I was like, What are you going to do this week? Like, what do you want to see? And she was like, Well, we really want to go to Times Square on New Year's. Ugh. And I was like, Have you made a plan with that? Or she was like, No, we're just going to go. And I was like, you When? Need to- Marie, I haven't actually asked her what they ended up doing, but I was like, you need to like go look up a message board or something because it's a whole thing.
1: Yeah, you got to stand there like two days in advance or some bullshit like that. <laughs> but do you know what? I ju- I, this makes complete sense. And I, I'm i sure they do it every year, but I didn't know it. There was, I think, a BuzzFeed article or something that was like, here are all of the chain restaurants that you can buy tickets to be in Times Square at for, like, a billion dollars. Like, you could buy a $400 ticket for the Olive Garden on New Year's Eve. What? And, like, Ruby Tuesdays and Guy's American Grill. Like, all of those restaurants, those shitty, shitty restaurants, sell, like, like, you know, $600 tickets to hang out there in Times Square. And most of them you can't even see the ball drop. Like, you're below that. (laughs) Owl Garden probably actually has a pretty good view. That might be the best option of all. Yeah, absolutely. But, But like, like, that's crazy.
0: Well, and I also, I just like, I also on New Year's made the that I was going over, I was actually going over to Maggie Keenan Bolger's apartment um, for New Year's. And I was like, oh, I just had, I'll, I'll, Catch the train and I'll transfer at Times Square because that's like the easiest transfer for me to do because <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. Oh, and no. then all of a sudden I was at the Times Square subway station at 7 p.m. on New Year's Eve and I freaked out because I was yeah. like, no. Nah! <laughs> it was terrible. I've
1: made a terrible mistake.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. I got there and was like, I've I've made the worst decision of my life.
1: I don't know anyone who lives in New York or has for, you know, some period of time anyway who has gone to New Year's Eve in Times Square. Mm, uh, Yeah, same, same. If you are one of those people, once again, let us know, because I'm very (laughs) curious about that. Very curious. I guess I would understand if it's, like, your first year or even, like, your 50th year here, and you're like, this will be a dumb thing to do. Right, well, like yeah when
0: I was thinking about it I was like I don't know I would be curious if there there's probably like a small contingency of people that go every single year but Laura Benanti's like fucking idiots and I'm like I think that the people that go every year I think it's a different group of people every single year I think it's always people who are like oh my god let's go to Times Square and it's like tourists and people that come from far away for a once in a lifetime experience and like that's what I told my friend I was like listen it's gonna be fucking insane but like it's a once in a lifetime experience you're gonna do it you're gonna be in Times Square for a new years there's gonna be fireworks it's gonna be performances it's gonna be crazy and it's gonna be entertaining it's gonna also be really fucking cold and horrible in a lot of ways but yeah you know that
1: happens we've all suffered for once in a lifetime experiences absolutely, absolutely. but i guess that's the thing like you're saying it's always there so it's not really a once in a lifetime opportunity if you live in new york Right,
0: it's not a once in a lifetime opportunity. I think it's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. you do it, because you only ever do it once.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because, <laughs> like, I sort of feel like if I'm like, if I had like the right group of people and it was the right year, I I would go just to see what it was like. But well, I also listen. It's getting hate warmer
1: because we're all dying. Exactly, and so is the planet. So maybe in a few years, it won't be so harshly, awfully cold. Right. That's what I, I was like. I think Maybe this is also one of the. Apparently, Ryan Seacrest was just like wearing a tuxedo. He was like, I don't even need a coat, bitches. Ugh. hate everything. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.